on this week's Nonsensible Podcast. I need a Tom and Tom's. I need an uh-uh. Would you like to have a glass of our house red? <laughs> yeah, house it's red. a naive little burgundy, but I think I'll be amused by its presumption. It's fair enough. It's an opinion. You're entitled to it. Okay. Yeah. Nobody's going to take that away from you. I guess this is it. Cold turkey. Wow. Nice. Just, just had no desire. This is Nonsensible. Welcome to another episode of Nonsensible with Sam. Saul. And our guest. Very special guest. Very special guest. He's been on the most episodes now, right? Huh? He's been been on like four already, right? This is my second Second. Nonsensible. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Where are you getting your information from? (laughs) I thought he's been brought back a couple of times. That's the second Nonsensible episode. So it's the third. Third. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, when Dave called me and asked me about Nonsensible, he, he said he wanted Marshall to be on it too. Like right. a guest all I the time. I love how he's the one who like requested it and he's not here. Oh. And I was like, dude, I was like, I was like, dude, like, I'm so happy to see it's going to be, I haven't seen you in a while. And he's yeah. like, I'm not going to be there. Sorry. Yeah. I'm like, cool. He didn't even tell me. Oh, he didn't. Y'all well, he, didn't know. He yeah. told you. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I texted, him right, I I texted him right before. I was like, oh, I finally get to see you after mm. a minute. That was nice. He's of like, him. nah. How did you meet Dave? Through Wu. Through Wu? Yeah, I think I met him through Wu. Wu's the guest that's Speaking been on the show of the most. Wu, what's a guy to do when he's not ready to give up on a piece of gum, but he's ready to have some? Okay, Drink. rapper. Okay, I just made that up. Bars. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> well, generally, what you normally do is you'd stick it behind your ear. Um, yeah. That's what you used to do back in the day. Or How about this? Is this couth? Did people actually stick gum behind their ears, though? Um, like, I know they talk about, ears, they've right? talked about it. Like, Did they? I've, tr- I've tried, tried it. tried it? Yeah. That's what does that do? To make you listen better? Uh, open them up a little more? <sighs> I guess. No, it's just like you stick it behind your Like, you stick a pencil behind your ear. You stick a cigarette behind your ear. Yeah. And you stick kind gum. of like. Yeah, it's kind of like the place because you don't stick pencils and cigarettes in your pocket, do you? No, you, you put them right here. here. You know what I'm and talking about. And roll them up your sleeve. <laughs> you know what? This yeah, guy yeah, is fashionable. Yeah. I'm a good Christian yeah. woman now, and I don't smoke anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you quit smoking? I did. I did. When did you quit? Uh, it's been about a year now, nice. like right around COVID. I Keep think it going. COVID started. Yeah. Do you even want them anymore? So I've tried, like, every few months, I'll take like a cigarette from a friend around mm-hmm. me, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, let me let me try one. And then uh, I'll spit it back out. Good. It just does not taste good. How'd you quit? Uh, just, um, so I, I always smoke these certain um, cigarettes and I carry them everywhere. It was after, uh, whatever, one of those nights at soap. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, it was just, everyone goes outside to, to take a cigarette break. And I just put one in my mouth. And just, you know, just like a normal cigarette. And it just tasted like, can it, are we allowed yeah, to yeah, cuss? Yeah, yeah. It tasted oh, yeah, like you shit. Can- <laughs> Get it the f- out. It Marshall. tasted like absolute. Yeah. Um, really? Like, okay. Maybe I got a. Maybe this is just a, a bad, a bad cigarette. Mm-hmm. Take another one. Nope. Same. And I was like, okay. And so I asked my friend who smokes the same kind. And I was like, hey, is this? Is there something funky with these? Can, can you try one? He did, and he was like, no, it's fine. And I was like, okay. I don't know what's going on, but maybe this is a bad batch, or maybe I ate something weird mm. beforehand. But that's a good um, thing, right? And so I tried it a, a few times after that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still like, you still get into the habit of it. No, it was just any any cigarette. I, I tried th- the three different brands that I like to smoke. And mm-hmm. They're all nasty. And so I was like, okay, I guess this is it. Cold turkey. Wow. Nice. Just just had no desire. Did you, did you find out what the reason behind that was? No. I mean, the thing is, I wasn't necessarily a heavy smoker from the get-go. I was more of a social smoker. Mm-hmm. So it was like, uh, uh, and I only started smoking when I came to Korea. So it wasn't like uh. I smoked beforehand. Um, and so it was just only in social settings or like, you know, when you get drunk or whatever. Okay. So so let me ask you this then. What's your social life like these days? Oh, what is a social life? Okay. Yeah. So that could have been the re- no. That could have been part of the, re- the so- Like, I was thinking my social life is. S- sounds like you need a glass of wine. 
<laughs> How about a glass of Australia's finest? Shall we? Is, <laughs> hey, don't make those false uh, accusations. That is not Australia's <laughs> finest. This is the, this is the it, most popular it, thing that's it, ever come out of Australia, except for you. No, it's, if you're oh, buying hey. it in a convenience store, I can assure you it is not Australia's finest. <laughs> True, true. Australia's finest. Nothing that is any country's finest is being sold in a convenience store. You guys want some? Maybe the only. So what's what's the best wine in Australia? Are you a wine person? I from I, the jump. I do enjoy a nice drop of red. Mm. A nice drop of red. I um, Australia makes a lot of good red wine. I do enjoy oh, nice. um. <laughs> look at this guy. <laughs> look at this guy. We've got a. Would you like to have a glass of our house red? House <laughs> it's red. a naive little burgundy, but I think I'll be amused by its presumption. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, now he's just... What is he like, the waiter for today? Uh, you are, you are. Will that do? Why are you giving him a taste? It's not that special of a wine. Fine, like your... <laughs> no. Like today's one sheets. Um... <laughs> Yeah, let's not talk about the one sheets. We've already seen. I've already, he, already makes seen the, he makes the one sheets. Yeah, I've already seen a mistake on this one sheet. Um, the, yeah. Where's the mistake on the one sheet? <laughs> the Instagram. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Your new Instagram is David McKin- <laughs> at David McKinnis. Yes. I love me. He's a neighbor, in fact. Yeah. He lives around our area. Are Wait, you, where do you? Don't you live in? Our yes, area? that's yeah, why yeah. I always see you too. Are you in, I'm never you, out. Are you in the HBC as well? I am, are you? I used to be. Okay. Oh, we just had a whole episode about the HBC. You, yeah, but that's what we were just talking about. And you and David are kind of the same in that I talk to you guys every time I see you and say what's yeah. up, but I don't know like where we first met. Like I don't think we ever had a formal thing other than no, just like it was a just drunk. through people in the neighborhood. I, yeah, in because you've been in Itaewon for like a while, long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and I, I have as well. Um, so it was just like through people, different events, or you know, outside of the bars that everyone goes to. Yeah, and your music still. Thank you. It's really Thank cool. you very much. You recently bought out some new music, right? Yeah, I just released uh, an EP uh, this past Sunday. Cheers to that. Thank you. Yeah. That's big stuff. I'm drinking in spirit because I'm driving. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, drunk driving is not cool. At all. Um, and so it wa- it's about six songs. Uh, I titled it Archives One because I have so many songs mm-hmm. that I haven't released yet that are in various stages of completion. And so… Um, I put six of them together. They didn't quite fit into uh, the album I was thinking about because I have another. I have my first full-length album uh, that's going to be released in September that I'm working on right now. Mm. Nice. So it didn't necessarily fit with that, nor did it was it strong enough for a single. And so I just kind of threw those six together and put them out. Uh, Sometimes that's my. Fa- those are my favorite kind of projects. For and people. I'm and I'm pretty satisfied with it. So it's just like, oh, that was a pretty good. That potato song. song is sick too. <laughs> so how does that? A lot of people like that. I like that. How does that work? Do you put a? Um, you you started working on the album first, and then you're like, these, because you said they didn't fit with the album. Yeah, so these so. are songs I've worked on since like 2017. Mm-hmm. So uh, they've been in the vault or like I, I finished them and I was waiting for a right moment to release them, but I just never, it didn't fit anywhere mm-hmm. since then. And, you know, several years have passed. And um, and so I just felt like it was the right time to release them now. So I either finished out something like Potato, which is the song that he was referring to. Um, I hadn't finished the second verse. So I finished that. All of this, by the way, was decided a week prior to me releasing yeah. the EP. So you just did it independently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've had um so I have this entire year already like mapped out in terms of mm-hmm. release dates with my distributor. And so just a matter of figuring out what I want to release. And so um yeah, so I I finished out certain songs. I re-sang a couple of a couple of songs and then put it out this Sunday, um, this past Sunday. And so uh yeah, super satisfied with it. Um it was is honestly it was just like a, a release for the fans for the nice. So let's talk about that then. You said you've got a distributor. Mm. Are you on a, you're not on a label at the moment, are no, you? No, yeah, independent since 2019. So how does how is that working? If you've got a distrib you've got a distributor, you've got no label, obviously that's quite a big onus on yourself to push stuff by yourself. Yeah, yeah. do everything. So, it, I mean, it does take a toll. Um, and I'm sure you're independent too, right? Uh, I'm, I'm, my next project will be on VMC too, but… Oh, okay. 
Yeah. So you're still with VMC. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you were an independent artist yeah, for forever. so long. Yeah. So yeah. you know, like, the grind. And, like, uh, it's just, there's no, everything is just on you. Mm. Um, everything from the promotion to the mixing and mastering of every song to, you know, just even, like, the busy work of, of registering songs on different um, uh, uh, performing arts organizations. Yeah. For, you know, the different rights and royalties and things like that. And you got to, like, you know, process all of that yourself. Um, and you always feel like you're forgetting something. And- always. And, I, and, you know, I've dropped the ball a couple times, too, because I'm human. Um, but, you know, it, because it's just, like, A and B, you can always, like, rectify the situation pretty quickly. But um, yeah, it's nice that musicians have rights these days, right? Yeah, because right. <laughs> oh my right? God. you know what I mean. Because it's it, true. It, even though I'm sure that there's like there are certain songs that maybe like t- ten years from now will there'll be some money that I should take mm-hmm. from them. Mm-hmm. The song's always mine as long as I like go back and yeah. the money's always there. Like Absolutely. ASCAP will get it for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. BMI it'll take will like get a it year, for you. But yeah, you know, it'll, it'll eventually get. get there. <laughs> yeah, it's nice because like, you. Mm. Putting out a song is a weird thing. Like, what are you doing? What's actually… Yeah. I mean, you're just… And because everything is so digital now, like, nothing is… You know, we rarely make physical copies Mm. anymore unless you're an idol or or something like that. Um, Yeah, it's it's just a different world. But at the same time, because it's like the mass internet and everyone's so connected, you're able to get connected to a lot of other people a lot quicker than you had… Back in the day when it was just like you had to have a record label to get any of your music out. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, it's it's been a cool process figuring that out the past couple years, and then also doing it in the middle of the pandemic. So mm. um, I'm sure, like everybody else, 2020 was kind of like a crazy year of like pivoting and trying to mm. figure out what the hell you were going to do with your goals and dreams that you had planned for 2020. Um, and the same, like, the first half of the year was just spent just trying to reformulate, like, what the f- I was going to do yeah. with my future when I had, like, my whole thing, pl- like, planned out. Um, and so eventually it was just me putting out uh, music that I was going to put out while I had a mini tour in Europe and I had this thing for South by Southwest. You had a tour scheduled? Yeah. I th- it was it wasn't crazy. It was like three dates, but it was in, in it was in Europe. Mm-hmm. And so it was paid for and everything. And damn. It was super sad. Um and I actually went all the way to London and then everything got canceled. And turned around. Uh, I I but oh, I had to stay there for ten days because um flights got canceled. That's I landed right maybe like twenty four hours before it, it blew up. In Spain and like the rest of Europe. Well, that's lucky, right? Ish. I mean, like, it, it was cool because I was out of the country, but it was sad because I wasn't able to do what I wanted to do mm-hmm. and everything was shut down. So I couldn't that's, go anywhere. So I, I mean, when you look back on that, I mean, five, 10 years from now, <laughs> that's like a story that you're going to be like, hey, I was kind of almost in the epicenter of the pandemic kind of. It's and maybe that's like that really can... blow up in Europe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, maybe everything will pan out in the future and everyone's kind of trying to reacclimate themselves to everything. But, yeah, I mean, the rest of 2020 was cool because I was able to output a lot of songs um, that I had been trying to put out. And so, um, and I've been doing that ever since. Do you find it difficult if… If it's just a distributor that you're working with, I'm sure that they're not that, like, they're not really cracking the whip. Like, in terms of when you get the music to them, yeah, they're fine with that. They're like, they don't care what date you get it to them. Well, I think it varies on the artist. And, like, if… Because, you know, distributors are still a business mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And so while they are distributing for hundreds of different artists, um, there are certain artists that they kind of do uh, help push a little bit more (laughs) and they uh, go out of their way a little bit more to... Who is your distributor? Uh, I'm with Poklanos. Poklanos. Yeah. But if they don't... Like, for example, if they don't kind of... If they're not there pushing you, so... Yeah. Like, you know, don't forget, you've got this date. Oh, no, no, no. We want you I, to hit I this pushed date. myself. 
at the okay. end of the day, that's the most important, I think. Because um, I'm the one that wants the music out there and I'm the one that… So for me, it's like… I, at least for the next few years, I just have so much music that I want to put out. Mm-hmm. So um, until that runs out and then I'm kind of like, oh, I have no inspiration. And, you know, that's when I think I'll probably take a break and hopefully go traveling once everything starts opening up. How many uh, songs are you sitting on? Altogether? Oh, probably about 80. That's sick. Say. Yeah. In various stages of stages of completion. So you've obviously never had an issue with inspiration then? Not yet. Yeah. Not That's yet. impressive. Cause, just because I feel like I… I feel like I just started. Even though it's been, you know… You know, half a decade. But I, I still feel like I just started to like run. You've only been doing music for like five years? Well, I've been doing music before that. But in terms of signing with the label and yeah. all of that. So I've been doing music for probably, I'd say 15 years maybe at this point. If I put in before Korea. But uh, in terms of like, I feel like the Korean music industry has been a different, it's a different vibe. It's a different energy. It's a different industry in a way. Um, And so trying to get used to all of that took some time. And plus my Korean was trash in the beginning. Yeah. (laughs) My Korean was utter trash. It, how is it now? Is it much better now? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, definitely conversational and enough to write lyrics, lyrics yeah, mm-hmm. to a certain extent. I wouldn't say I'm like, I, I wouldn't be able to write poetry or like a paper yeah. on like the aesthetics of this room. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't be able to do that. But, or maybe even teach a lecture. Oh, uh, maybe I could do that. Teach what? If, uh, teach a lecture with my like Kyopo Korean, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll, people will laugh. It'll be like a comedy thing, but. I need to I need to yeah. be learning Korean from more Kyopos because I feel like when I'm speaking Korean with a Kyopo, I can understand everything mm. they say, mm-hmm. but they're always you know better than me. But still, like that's I think that, that's but they're confident, you know. That's what I, that's what what I need with my Korean is confidence. I mean, I think it, you have a varying degree degrees of Kyopos in Korea. You have the Kyopos that only hang out with Kyopos and only speak English with each other. Yep. That. They never just… They never get any better in Korean. Um, I forced myself to hang out with Korean… Or I I would make Korean-Korean friends or local Korean friends. And purposely just try speaking in Korean with them all the time Mm. to get better. Um, Because I never took a Korean class. I never… I took a Korean class that my church offered when I was a kid. Like every Saturday. For like one hour for like a month. We're eating bokeumbap and yeah, and then like, yeah, like yeah, kimchi pancakes yeah. afterwards <laughs> and like, oh, you know, free food. Um, but uh, I don't even know like the full like kanadara. That's as far as I go. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know what the rest of the order is. Like I know what are the vowels and I know what are the consonants, but I don't know what order. Because yeah, know, yeah, like, when ABC, you're saying like the ABC, there. yeah, like you know the order, but I don't know the order. Did, did you go to school? Yeah, yeah. So you know that Canada, do it. Can you do it? I can, but I won't. <laughs> I won't eliminate myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't want to like, make the mistake. <laughs> but I, you know, I just, I just worked at it. I, I type in Korean. You know, I text in Korean. Mm. I can sing in Korean. See, I even gave up. I even gave up on the texting in Korean. Now I just use the voice recognition. Oh, voice no, recognition. no, the voice recognition because mm-hmm. it, it like makes all my Piyosugi right and <laughs> it's made spelling it's... is crazy now. Everyone is like, "Damn, your Korean's got fire!" <laughs> Life is so much easier now because of technology. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think it's also dependent on where, like, we we say kilpos for listeners that don't know Korean Americans or you know, you know people, Koreans that are from other parts of the world. Um, it's also dependent on what part of the country they're from as well. I find big city kyopos, mm-hmm. New York and LA, they they tend to. I, I find their Korean is probably not as good because they have the the communities there are probably more. They, I guess the communities are bigger there, yeah, so I the, mean, the, their the the fam, their families are more. They want them to speak in English, so they kind of. Like I think you have a varying degree there too. The smaller communities, yeah. I, I find they tend to speak more Korean. Interesting. It feels like. I felt like it was the opposite way. So um, if you are a Korean that, you know, were, you know, born and raised in like the Midwest or something, mm-hmm. then you either lose your Korean completely 
Yep. It's one or the other extreme. So either like your parents are like, don't forget your culture and yeah. Korean. Uh-huh. And like the or they're like, in you. kids are going to tease you if you're yeah, too Korean. Yeah, or the opposite. And that's like, what I we'll would speak think English too. at home. But there, so. there, there's certainly these examples because yeah. I've heard of parents saying they're like, they tell their, their, their kids don't speak Korean at home. They, yeah. They'd speak to their kids, even though the parents didn't speak Korean yeah. um, English very well, they'd right. speak to their kids in English at home. Right, right, right. Because they wanted their kids to speak English as fluently as possible yeah. while living in America. I think which, that's a shame. Which I don't agree with because no. I was, exa- you know, my parents spoke Korean to me at home, but they didn't go further than that. So it was just very conversational Korean. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not like my parents and I had deep conversations about, like, life and love and, you know, all of that. It was just, like, very surface level, like, mom, where's the food? Where's the laundry? You know, very, yeah. you know, trivial things like that. And so my Korean never f- went beyond that level. Um, but English, you know, you're going to school, yep. you know, every, like all my brothers and I, we speak in English, all my friends speak in English. TV, mass yeah. media. So felt English. more comfortable. Yeah, and the Korean American church that I went to, all the kids went to youth groups. It was all English. Yeah. Everything was in English. And so, like, you're going to get English no matter what. Um, gr- so with that being said, I think if I had grown up in Koreatown in LA, that would have been a different story. And the 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 different kinds of people, the different... Korean Americans there. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a, a Korea town, an LA Korea town lilt, like pronunciation in like the mm. English that's slightly different. As yeah, well. I've had people tell me they've been on like tour with Korean American rappers who yeah, just yeah, like yeah, barely yeah. speak English, <laughs> but they like live in LA. Yeah, and because like you can, I mean, my mom has lived in LA for now 30 some odd years or in California for some 30 some odd years and she's, Never really had to yeah. speak English more than the bare minimum. She went to Korean doctors, Korean dentists, mm-hmm. Korean church, you know, Korean lawyers. Like, everyone spoke yeah. Korean, and so she didn't really find the need to. I, d- I dated yeah. a girl in in America, in North Carolina who was half Korean. Her mom was the same. She, like, didn't speak mm. any English, but in North Carolina. Interesting. That's great. In, like, to. High Point, North Carolina. Wow. Lord, and, she, and it was crazy. Like I mean, I thought- in, in in L.A., I mean, you go to Koreatown and you can go to McDonald's and like, I haven't been there, but from what I've heard, even the menus in Korean. That, that's dope. Like yeah, definitely everything they've yeah. got, they've got like a CGV cinema there. Oh yeah, they do. Like Korean movies are playing there that's in wild. Korean. Like you don't, yeah. I like it when I'm in in Southeast Asia now and I see all these like Korean cafes and. Sh- I'm like, Korea is the new America. Yeah, yeah, there's like CGVs all across like Southeast Asia. I need a Tom and Toms. I need an uh uh-uh uh when I'm when I'm on the beach. <laughs> oh, no. I need an uh uh-uh uh when I'm on the beach. In, in, no, you in go Vietnam. in there and ask for that, and they're gonna uh, look at you like, with a side eye. That? They're not gonna know what you're talking about. They're gonna go, "What the f- is this guy talking about?" I'm going to LA for the. F- I've never been to LA. I'm going yeah. there next month for my little sister's wedding. Oh, nice. Is that where she lives now? Yeah. She's lived there forever. And I'm from California, but I, oh. like, moved away when I was eight, uh, four. Where and I haven't you? been back since I was eight. North Where? Carolina. Oh, sorry. Okay, okay. So I'm going to L.A. for the first time. And Di- even Diane just said this. She said Korean food in L.A. is better than Korea. Mm. You have to go and check out. Is it is it BCD? BCD Tofu BCD, House. yeah. That's a uniquely… Is that the Sundubu place yeah, you're yeah, yeah. It's like that, a uniquely Koreatown L.A. experience. It's the it's better… They than, don't have it here. Yeah, but it's Okay, so the Sundubu is better. Fine. It's but better I'm than the Sundubu in, in Korea. In general, though, I'm not… I mean, I'm not going out for Sundubu here. Uh, I'm talking about like in general. <laughs> but like some of the… I've been to some of the like barbecue places in L.A. And… I'm convinced that the barbecue there is better than the barbecue here. <laughs> I have such like a, a passionate relationship with Korean food in Korea yeah. that I don't want to believe that. What's no. your favorite Korean food out here? <laughs> everything. Dude. Every- <laughs> every, I, I, I just, am, and just everything. I like literally almost like come to tears every time I'm like in an alley that she I've never to- been and I see those neon lights and I'm like, <laughs> damn, I get to choose from like one of these 100 do, restaurants. Do you, need, oh do you know? I still get emotional. Do you know any? Damn don't. Do you know any? Do you have any uh, <laughs> Korean friends out in LA? <laughs> do you have any Korean no, friends I, I out in know. LA? I don't know. I don't know. You, you yeah. need to find. You need to check out if you've got any Korean friends out in LA and get them to take you to some of the Korean restaurants. And but you need to compare. The other place is Tobang still out there. The the um the Tobang. 
Yeah. I there's a little drinking hole out there. That, I've heard of it. I've yeah, never been. That was that was a place that a lot of my friends took me there to go drinking. And that was that was a fun place to go drinking in LA. Yeah. It's like a like a little um K Town has definitely like gotten what's the word I'm looking for? Like blown up? No, no, no. um uh, I, I know the, the way I know the way you're looking where, for um where like people Gentrified? Gentrified. 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 It's become kind of the cool place to go and the cool thing. Like, yeah. I feel like that's what my sister… It's like Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, all the hipsters are moving in and they're like, you know, I live in K-Town now. And it's, you know, all these like, yeah. Because I used to avoid K-Town. Like the plague. Yeah. Like, I would only go there if I wanted Korean food. Or like, authentic Korean food. Or like, you know, 24-7 whatever but i i would never really go there on purpose um but now it's like the new hot place and now they've got like the line hotel is in k-town and like all these places that like the line hotel is really like line in france (laughs) not not that line yeah not that not that line but it is it's like a really nice um what do you call a boutique kind of hotel that's got um you know all the it's cute boutique amenities. Yeah, and it's got a nice. <laughs> it's uh, not like Lime and Friends. Pool and, no, it doesn't have any of the characters or anything. Lime is, is Lime's a Korean company, right? Uh, yeah, Lime's Lime. It's a neighbor company. It's owned by neighbor, yeah. But it's like, but it's popular in Japan. Yeah, okay. A bunch of other. That's great. I like that too. Look, Korea doing its thing, mm-hmm. taking over the world. Speaking speaking yeah. of that, you said BTS have got uh, BTS are getting a meal at McDonald's in Korea. No, 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 oh. international. internationally. Yeah, like it's, what? Do you see the meal? It's oh. it's. Oh, I see. It's, oh, it's gonna. It's ten out like ten chicken nuggets. It's fries. It's a coke, and it's um. Yeah, it's two. It's two sauces that we have in yeah. Korea <laughs> that they don't have anywhere else in the world. So, oh. it, in terms of here in Korea, it's like just an average meal. <laughs> but for the rest of the world, it's like super special. Yeah, you've obviously chosen to pursue your career here in Korea, right? Have you found it beneficial being based here in Korea? Have you ever thought about would making a move back to the States be um, more beneficial for you as an artist? Uh, I think especially when the when the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. Uh, friends of mine in LA were kind of like, just can you come back over here? And, pres-? and that was before LA got the, got the crazy mm-hmm. uh, with the COVID. But um, you know what? I think more than anything… Sure, career-wise, I definitely have dreams of going global. Yep. Um, and I think I have the potential to do that. Um, but Korea just happens to be where I… Like, because right before I came to Korea, I had given up on music completely. And I was just kind of… Uh, Me too. Yeah, you know, I had some issues with my throat. I stopped singing and I became a hairstylist. And I was just on the hairstylist track. Mm-hmm. And I'd moved to New York and I was like, all right, music is done. And then I got a call from that audition program that flew me to Korea to be on this TV show. So I had no intention of coming to Korea, going to Korea. Just Korea was never in my like life plan. Um, I've always wanted to visit because you know that's where my parents and family are from. But that was the first time you'd ever come as an adult. So wow. I went twice when I was a kid, just like for two weeks to mm. visit distant relatives, and it was always after like a mission trip that I did with with a church or something. Yeah. It was always like, oh, I'm going to visit Korea. Okay, mom. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, other than that, like, I, you know, I don't really remember much. And it, as a kid, you can't really go anywhere. My Korean was trash. And so it was like, so my experience as an adult, like consciously knowing what was going on was through that TV show. And so when that TV show happened and I got my voice back is when my career started again. And so it was almost like, Korea gave me that chance again. Mm. Did you have like vocal nodules or something? Uh, something similar. So right before I got the notes. So it's called… Uh, I had a condition called laryngopharyngeal reflux. It's a version of acid reflux that comes up to your vocal cords and burns it without mm-hmm. you even realizing it. Also known as silent reflux. So what, what, what was like… What was… The issue. What so white wine me, and noyaba? So me speaking like this was mm-hmm. you up. Yeah. What? How would it affect your uh, voice? So I wouldn't even know. Uh-huh. And then, and then, just me talking 
for like five minutes, my throat would go hoarse. Mm-hmm. It would start to ache and just mad discomfort. Uh, and, so then, you, you, and mad heartburn. You'd actually go… Your voice would actually go completely hoarse. Yeah. And like hoarse and it would just hurt to speak. And so I would just stop talking. Did you go to that famous doctor in LA who fixes everybody? Oh, I don't know. I just went to a local doctor that… You know, I went to a different like ear, nose, throat doctor mm-hmm. and um, got different treatment and and had to f- change up my entire diet and get rid of anything acidic and uh, no coffee, no chocolate, no spicy foods, no, you know, just no fat, no alcohol. It was Whoa. just a lot of no's. Like you, um, and I just gave you, you a glass eat? of wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just like <laughs> basically mayo and toast, is oh. which I love. So I wonder if that's happening to me. <laughs> Because I've been, I've been performing since I was like 15. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes but, but I'll does just… does it hurt to speak for you? Man, just sometimes I'll be out. Mm-hmm. But it's usually… It's, I think it's just because I talk too much. <laughs> but sometimes I'll be <laughs> That's out… That's a fake call. I mean, you're in the wrong line of business, bro. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I'll just be out and I'll just be like, man, I sound like… My voice is just getting… Yeah. Raspier and raspier. And- yeah. I mean, a lot of… You know, you'd be surprised that a lot of singers actually have it. Mm. And they keep going with it because that what they're known for yeah. for mm-hmm. their tone of their voice. Um I I've heard of of singers actually going out of their way to make that to right. make it like they'll yeah. go if the day the night before they perform they'll go out and drink heavily and smoke heavily to bring their voice to that level that because right. I just that's did what, I just did it for 20 years instead of <laughs> That's what their fans expect so they bring it they try and make it as raspy as possible the yeah. night before. That's probably bad. And it's yeah it's not it can't be good for you you no. you're, your voice. Russ, no. that, you know, Russ, the, the singer, the artist, Russ, yeah. No. He was saying that, like, you know, the industry tricks you into thinking that touring is the only way to make money because mm. that benefits them. They get a cut off of whatever you're doing. But if you're independent and you just, like, have a distribution company, kind of like what you're doing, yeah. you save your voice. You know, he was saying there's a guy in LA, there's so many big artists in LA yeah. who have problems with their voice. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, as, there's a doctor there who's famous that they all share mm. amongst one another for Crazy. this kind of thing. I should probably research that. That guy? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm okay now. Um, I've taken so many different… I had a bunch of different treatments and um, took a lot of Prilosec, uh, which was their, their blockers for heartburn and things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so by the time I got to Korea and started rehearsing for the show, my throat got better and better. And so… I don't know if it was just like, you know, the years of treatments and all that just adding up to being at the right place in the, in the right time. But that's, you know, I got back into music and uh, it took a while for me to figure out what kind of artist I wanted to be in my sound. But um, yeah, so that's that's how I got back into music. What was the, what was the original question? That doesn't matter. This is not an interview. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it was in terms of whether or not… Oh, you Korea. Korea was yeah, 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 yeah. Beneficial and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so with that being said, Korea has opened me back up to the music aspect, but also in terms of getting in touch with my identity mm. and who I am as a Korean, um, learning about Korean history and understanding where my parents came from and how they were raised and how and why they raised them the way that they, why they raised me the way that they raised me. Um, it, it, so I learned a lot about that. Plus, with my Korean getting better, mm-hmm. I was able to communicate with my parents a lot better as well. Oh, that's beautiful. Which is like that's huge. That's cool. Yeah. Because there's a lot of like missed stuff mm-hmm. in the past that I didn't realize it, it was that bad. But our mm-hmm. communication was that like… Yeah. These um, stuff that you might have thought that they had like misstepped on, but they were actually… They yeah. just loved you. Or that you. they knew what yeah. I was saying. Or vice versa. They mm-hmm. knew what I was… That I understood. But… But I didn't know what they were saying or I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just kind of like went, you know, just blew it over. But Are you really proud of your Korean culture? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's… As you should be. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. look, there's no such thing as a perfect perfect country in this world. Yeah. Like there's a lot of different… There's every country all over the world. There's no such thing as a perfect country. And so with that being said, the history will also be marred with a bunch of like ups and downs. Mm. And granted, Korea is a very young country. It's only been technically independent since 1945. And mm-hmm. so, you know, history is still happening. Mm. We're still making history to this day. Um, and so learning about all of that just gave me… Because growing up, I didn't have that. 
you know, I didn't have a BTS. I didn't have any like even, mm. even someone a, to look up to. to. Yeah, yeah, like regardless of like Korean representation, there wasn't even Asian representation. But Bruno, like even someone like Bruno Mars now. I mean, yeah. there there's so much. Well, Anderson Park, you know, yeah. people that you, even even you know mixed race. Yeah, people as well. Like, you know, we didn't. I, I didn't have anyone to look up to growing mm. up, and so now that there are like, I couldn't have ever fathomed being a Billboard Hot 100 geek growing up, I wouldn't have ever fathomed that a South Korean boy band like yeah. BTS could ever get to number one twice yeah. on the Billboard Hot 100. Because like, I, you know, I was such a, I'm, I'm such a music nerd in that way. Like, mm -hmm. ever since I was a kid, I would always like, you know, buy CDs and, and look at the credits and see like who produced it and who wrote it. And then I would look up all the different records that the producer had produced. And that's how, you know, I got into like the Neptunes or Timbaland or Rodney Jerkins or blah, blah, blah. All these people. And like the Hot 100 was such a, like, that was like the dream goal, right? Mm -hmm. To like have a hit on that, on that list. And the fact that a South Korean, not even an American, like a Korean American or an Asian American band, but like really a Korean. full South Korean unapologetic yeah. Korean as yeah, like boy band. And, and the, yeah, but the fact that and, and the fact that they're not even they're not even performing in English. No, it's like they don't give two. We're like we're Korean as and y'all take it or leave it. Yeah, we don't give a flying. Yeah. And it was played on major radio. Yeah, that's insane. Mm. So like I can't help but like yeah sure some people will like poo poo on BTS Blackpink or idol music, mm. but for me it's like it's a part of that whole umbrella. Mm. Of just Korean music in general. And K-pop is Korean popular music. So yeah. I feel like when you asked me earlier mm. before we started recording, if you thought that I was K-pop, in a way, I am part of that group. Because, yeah. you know, any really any like Korean person doing music, they're like, oh, so are you K-pop? Mm. Yeah. And, you know, at first I was like, you know, because in my mind back then when I didn't know anything, mm. I thought, like what I was doing was quote unquote real music, and that what idol music was wasn't real music. Yeah. But music is music, mm -hmm. you know. And it's there's and and now like having written for K-pop before these days, and and knowing how it's not it's just like any pop artist out there, you know, Britney Spears or Rihanna, and having those ginormous song camps where you have a team of the best songwriters and producers who put their heads together and like create a pop gem. It's the same with K-pop. Mm. And it's the same kind of writers that get in a room and they create and and it's it's intense and it's music and it's easy and artistry comes in different forms. There's not just one way. I'd know? love it, man. I think it's sick. And I think collaboration is is the essence of what real artistry is. Mm -hmm. collaborating with other artists and learning more about yourself as an artist and growing in that aspect is such a huge part of what we do. Only It's only rappers that like, <laughs> that shit on each other for for writing songs together, right? But I mean, I, I <sighs> think, but I think, silly. Yeah. I, I think it, it, it comes down to labeling. We, we, we're so infatuated with labeling oh. and putting people in categories and placing people in boxes, Preach. which I don't think we necessarily need to do. Mm. I mean, look, for me, I think Justin Bieber is a perfect example. When he came out, even I wasn't a particularly great fan. I bet fan. you hated Justin Bieber. When, 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 I bet him in a pub when he, listening to Justin Bieber no, was just like, who is this little No, exactly. <laughs> when he first came out, and, and I'll admit, I, I, I'm not a great fan of, of watching young kids performing. I, it's kind of like, if they really want to perform, that's great. But it's mm. also like, I think at that age, kids also need to have a childhood. Mm. Like it just kind of felt like they were kind of being pushed too hard to be a, you know, a pop star. But now I look at, at Justin Bieber performing as an artist and I've seen him mature so much. And I think he's an amazing performer. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And you look at people like Britney and these other performers that have grown up in the industry and they're amazing. Mm. And you have to give them credit for being a great musician. And performers, yeah. they, they are amazing, right? Um, but they were given labels from such a young age, and and we've we've put them in these boxes, and it's like, hey, they're musicians. Mm. Why label them as pop or whatever? The genre, it, it we we need to stop doing this to people, and you know, 
what do you do for a living? What, what you know, what does it matter? Mm. Why can't you just say you, you work in the industry or you're yeah. an entertainer or yeah. you're a musician? You don't have to define yourself by one specific genre of music if you're a musician. Right. And I think, and that's why I think, I think last time you were on the podcast, you were talking about kind of um, dealing with kind of country music was something you were kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, that's something you're thinking about doing country music. I was like, I want to be one of the first like Asian. Yo, that's so cool. But that's what I think is great. Or do you like country trap? Once you start doing that, country R&B, the the lines do get blurred and that genre is just, you can't, Put yourself in a box anymore. And that's what it should be about. You should announce your country album right now on this podcast. <laughs> this is the outfit to do it. No, you know what? I'm always, I've been into like 70s cowboy fashion for like the longest time. So, yeah. Um, that, that's so, so cool. You should do it. I thought about it, but I feel like Eric might want that to do that first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've talked about it. So, you, you know, <laughs> you should like, listen yeah. to this podcast. I, I think it was a podcast, but Malcolm Gladwell did this thing about how much more country music than almost like any other genre of music Get evokes sold? emotion. Uh, yeah, yeah. 100%. But that's part, one of the reasons why. I mean, it sounds so simple, but, you know, like the greatest country songs can pull emotions out of human beings in a way that like almost no other genre of music can. I like thinking about that being from North Carolina. You Look, know? country music is, it's like, stories right mm. and and every country song that i've listened to it's all about like these little stories that they, they they create um and dolly parton being one of my favorite songwriters and musicians she's written some incredible songs that are that can be turned into pop and also our country and like at the end of the day every song is like similar in terms of like what it's trying to communicate yeah. and it's one what it's trying to you know uh give in terms of the vibes or the energy or um, the feelings that they're trying to impart to the audience mm. or to different people or their loved ones. Any music that successfully gets that feeling across to the right. listener, if it does so really effectively, it can end up being labeled as pop. Yeah. But wait, so, wait. so to me, it's like mu- the quality of music depends on how uh, how how you go about doing that. Like, if you do go about trying to evoke that emotion in a cheap way that's already been done by lots and lots of people, that makes, that lessens the music. It's like poetry, you know? I I think part of the problem is, though, we're, as we've grown up, we've kind of been taught that you have to like this or that. Mm. It's kind of, you know, well, it's, it's, it's one or the other. It's like you can't, if you choose one, you kind of have to deny something else. so silly. Yeah. I, so why does life because be, people like to be a part of something, you know? Yeah, but why does having to be a part of this have to deny something else? I know. I'm just saying that's us doing it to ourselves. I don't. Th- I think that people who who become like hip hop is like my vibe. This is my identity. It's because they want to feel like they're a part of something. People are afraid to just do their own thing. I don't think it's anyone necessarily telling us that we have to be. Well, I think it's a. It, it almost feels like it's a. a, a Society is, that's like, it's a society norm. It's kind of like, well, this is an expectation of, well, if you like hip-hop, you can't like, you know, rock. you can't like rock and roll. You can't like the indie scene. It's kind of like it, oil and water, they, they don't mix. But my counter is just, I don't, I don't, I think we just do that to our, I think that's human nature, especially when we're kids, which is when we like find our identity and choose our taste in music, you know. But I do feel like it's gotten a lot better. Um, the lines have definitely been blurred in the past 10 years, I would say. Um, back when I was a kid, I feel like there was definitely a line like, oh, you like rock and roll. Or, oh, you like hip hop. And, mm-hmm. and it showed in like the fashions and, and the mm. things that they wore. But nowadays, everything's so blurred. Like, you know, people are doing different things. Rappers are singing and singers are rapping. And like, you know, everything is like different it. now. Yeah, the, there so is, it's, it's, it's better, I think. There are a lot more genres, that's mm. for sure. But it just it just feels like there's becoming more and more labels. <laughs> I, I do like that People you're seeing label. You, you're seeing artists kind of collaborate. Like I think you know Limp Biscuit was um, was it Jay Z? They were like doing collaboration. Different Park, uh, Lincoln Park, and Jay Z. There were all these different kind of crossovers. Um, Chris Cornell, and you're all right with him. Oh, who's that? Okay, no, just moving moving right along. <laughs> 
Just checking. <laughs> who's, just checking. Who's going in? No, no, no. Just moving along. <laughs> um, but then there Don't was do that like to me. <laughs> yeah. But what was that? Um, then there was that Judgment Night. Did you see? Do you remember the Judgment Night um, OST? No. The no. Judgment. That was kind of like a crossover of you had like um, heavy metal and and hip hop artists. Didn't like was, it then. So you're not a fan of rock. You know what? I, no, I love rock music. So separate. Yeah, but I mean, just okay. So I like. See, you're, and you're I like one black, of these people that just doesn't see. I like the I liked the Black Keys hip hop album. That mm. was so. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it wasn't like rap vocal a rap acapella slapped over a f- like electric guitar. Mm. <laughs> you know what about Aerosmith like sh- and Run DMC? I like music that touches my soul, and that just didn't touch my soul. Run DMC and Aerosmith. That worked. But but, but that classic. was because it was fresh. It was innovative. Mm. It was like the first time no it had ever had been that, done. Yeah. I liked it because of that. To me, like the Jay-Z, Linkin Park thing just was like, hey, check us out. We're like the biggest in our respective genres. Mm. Jay-Z, can we get a wave file of your acapella and throw it over? Oh, I see what you mean. You know what I mean? It just it, didn't, it feel, didn't feel it felt very lazy. cohesive. It's it just, just like, felt forced, you know? Mm-hmm. If you listen to like a like Jizza rap on a Black Keys song, I can with that, you know? Mm. It happens. Yeah. It has nothing. I'm not saying they shouldn't have done song. it. I'm just saying I didn't like it. Not every song's it. perfect. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. a huge Jay Z fan. I maybe it was that I wasn't a Lincoln Park fan. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. That's valid. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Did you like Limp Biscuit? Yes, I, I liked that. I liked that one uh, Limp Biscuit Method Man okay. song. Yeah. What was that? Ooh, I, that's my first time hearing about that. Ah, uh, yeah, there was. Limp uh, they had a dope. And- I collab. Can't, can't think of that off the top of my head. Limp Biz and Limp who? Bit and Method Man. What? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the and B then, was cool. Then there was that Limp Biscuit. They did that um, remake of the um, End Together Now. Yeah, yeah. I like End Together Now. Yeah. Now I'm gonna get in trouble with like wow. rappers for saying that that was cool. It's fine. Then there was the Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit did the remake of that George Michael song as well. <laughs> that really? I don't know the George that Michael song. Yeah. I don't know. You if don't I, remember that? No. Really? Yeah, that's George Michael's Limp Bizkit song's gonna have to wait. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. You, Robert Robert Glasper. Do you know him? Yeah. Oh, oh I like the jazz stuff that he does he's with really rapper. Great. That's cool. But, but did you see him? Have you heard him do the Nirvana one? No, it's, but that sounds it cool. Smells like Team Spirit. Have you seen the Post Malone Nirvana thing? Yes. That, oh, was, that one was fire. That was so dope. But Post See, Malone is. Yeah, I did. So my dope. expectations of that were like as low as dirt. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> like I did not have high expectations for that at all. Blew me away though. He's a he's a oh, hit factory. That guy. yeah, I, I I was not sold on him mm. until seeing that, mm-hmm. and then I was like, okay, this guy is talented. Yeah, I think that there's a difference between that and Jay Z Limp Bizkit. That's all I'm saying. I, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has yeah. one. So I just think it's okay. We, yeah, well, let's get <laughs> We're going to be on this forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair enough. It's fair enough. It's an opinion. You're entitled to it. Okay. Yeah. Nobody's going to take that away from you. Yeah. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Why are you, are you so I'm awkward. just trying to you think of a transition so, to the, You feel so uncomfortable by it. <laughs> like, I, don't I don't know. know I feel like I'm going to piss off a limp biscuit, Jay Z. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> Jay-Z and Beyonce. Jay, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> Hopefully, Spotify might send him this podcast. Oh, I said Limp Biscuit. Was it somebody else? No, I said Jay-Z, Limp Biscuit. It's Linkin Park. Yeah. Okay. You know the DJ from Linkin Park's Korean-American. Oh. <laughs> Is he really? Yeah. yeah. Johan. Johan. Yeah. Whole nother demographic of Korean musicians. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean the shit about the Travis Scott nugget pillow. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, well, Marshall, you really picked a great episode to be up today. So fun. So, yeah, it was so fun. Yeah. I, I, I want to keep listening to your album. Love the potato joint. Thank you. Love the, I forget the title, the first track too. I really Focus on me. A- EP. Very yeah. dumb. Oh, yeah, yeah. Archives, EP. Yeah. Out now. Is there a, a do we can we expect an archives too? Yes. Uh hopefully end of this year. End of the September. year? Yeah. And the album album is will ex- be out in September. 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 Have you got a working title or a confirmed title for it? Uh I do, but it might change. So we'll we'll okay. see how it kind of shapes out to be. But this will 
So I've been going back and forth if I want to do like half upbeat and half chill. But I think I'm leaning towards like just a full cohesive body of work. So mm-hmm. I think we're going to go like R&B lo-fi with it. Because I've oh. never really done full like R&B. So we're going to try and… Because it's always been either like my house stuff. So my fans are like, it's kind of divided. So they either like my the R&B chill stuff or they like the crazy dance stuff. Mm-hmm. That's cool that you can do both. So, yeah. So I've been… Do I want to… But you know how like when people put records on? It's like they'll put it in the background. Yep. But then like they they just want like the vibey thing and all of a sudden it's like… Yeah. They're like, what the… F-? You know? Or vice versa. Yeah. It's like, ah, party. And then like… Yeah. And you're like, damn it. So… That's the nice thing about Spotify being able to like… Tell what kind of song right, right, it is right. and, and curate playlists. Yeah. Then there's also that's the great thing about having double LPs. That's true. I've also thought about that too. You can have the uh, yeah. first LP is more of a chill, and then you upbeat. You know, you can have the the yeah. Saturday Saturday evening LP, and then the Sunday right morning Sunday afternoon LP. An artist dilemma. So many yeah. decisions to make. Yeah, where do you go? Where do you go? Right, right, right. Well, we'll see. We'll how, see what how many tracks are you thinking? Uh, 12. Around 12. 12. 12 to 15. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we can't wait to hear it, man. Thank you. Excited Absolutely. Thank you for joining us once again, Marshall. If there's anything you'd like to plug, finally, now's the time. Yeah. Uh, please check out my newest DP, Archives 1, or my latest single before that, which was Metamorphosis. Uh, you can find it on any and all uh, streaming platforms in the world. Uh, you can find my socials at MarshallXYZ or MarshallXYZZZ on Twitter. Three Excellent. Z's. Three's. On Twitter. On Twitter. Instagram is just one Z. Don't forget, if you would like to watch the podcast in its entirety, check us out on YouTube at The Dive Studios. You can find us on Instagram at The Dive Studios as well. Or you can listen to us on Spotify Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. Send us a review. We enjoy the ones with five stars. Thank you very much. Marshall, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, everyone. Bye, guys. Archives out now.